It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From San Francisco, California, with your host, Ben Kaspik, this is Locked On Giants Baseball. Welcome back to Locked On Giants Baseball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and I'm thrilled to be with you again today. On this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, approximately 15 minutes in length, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also insightful and easily digestible, easy for everyone to understand. Coming up on today's show, there are just a number of topics and stories that are coming out of spring training, um, yesterday being the first full squad workout. So spring training is officially in full swing now with the entire team there and games get underway at the end of this week slash on Saturday for some teams. I think the Giants play their first game on Saturday, but some teams play games on Friday. So very exciting. You know, we're just over a month away from the start of the regular season. So we really did survive the offseason and it's great to be where we are. And I think to me, there's a lot of excitement around the San Francisco Giants. So some of the stories coming out yesterday, uh, we're going to talk about Billy Hamilton, who may have a real chance of making this roster. And we're going to talk about Gabe Kapler's message to the team, which is would always get some attention, that first meeting that, that the manager has with the full squad. And a couple of other topics, but we're also going to discuss Aubrey Huff in the news here. Uh, with the Giants saying that they will not include him in their 2010 World Series reunion this year. So we're definitely going to discuss that as well. So I guess an appropriate place to start would be the message Gabe Kapler gave to the team on Monday for the first full squad workout. So historically with the Giants and with Bochy, you know, this was an important day. And I guess Bochy would typically give a fiery speech that would get everybody riled up you know, which is interesting because we don't really see that side of Bochi, but I guess that's, you know, he gave, he was a little more intense behind closed doors. But with Kapler, the reports are that the speech was short and sweet. So it was a, a 35 minute meeting overall. There was a quick message from Kapler and one from Farhan Zaidi, which once again, the idea that I think a lot of people have is that Farhan Zaidi is like locking himself in an office with computers and spreadsheets. But if you actually know the reality about how he is around his his teams, he's very involved and he has personal relationships with a lot of the players. He's like talking on the phone and texting and meeting with players all the time. So here's another example. I mean, I don't know how frequent it is that the president of baseball operations and or GM is involved with those spring training speeches, but there he was. And I think that that's a great thing. And, you know, it's great to just have that connection between the players and the staff, the coaching staff and the front office, kind of everybody hopefully on the same page. Instead of like calling the manager a puppet, it's more like, hey, we're all in this together and we all want the same thing. And that's to to build a winning team. And so they all need to be, have a relationship with each other because they're all working together to achieve a common goal. But apparently it was a short speech. And then great to see apparently some veterans stood up and, and had some words as well. And that got Evan Longoria fired up, and, and the Giants were quite happy to see that uh, with some of the players stepping up. And Longoria says the message was that unity emerged as a big theme of the meeting. 
And he said, quote, there's a real willingness to work, a real willingness to be open to new ideas. That was kind of the message. We need to be open to ideas, but work towards coming together as a group and learning the new people in the room as soon as we can. So that gets me fired up. I mean, to hear the, that coming from the mouths of the players and the veteran players, it's setting such a good example to say, look, we need to be open to these new ideas. I have heard that independently in interviews with Posey and Crawford, you know, Longoria at another time, uh, even Samarja, and certainly the young players, that they are open to these new ideas. So they're just putting it out there. Look, guys, we we were bad. I mean, we we weren't playing up to our expectations for ourselves and ourselves as a team in recent seasons. And so we need to be open to these new ideas and let's let's join together in this common goal of being the best team we can be while being open-minded to the to the changes that are happening as you know with this organization. And so to hear that and to have Farhan and Kapler in the room, I just think there's really kind of positive positivity. There's not that kind of backlash that maybe some were expecting. It seems to me that these guys are really open and and energized by the changes that have been happening with this team. So just a couple of other points um, coming out from yesterday. We had seen this previously, but now, you know, there's a story written about it at NBCSportsBayArea.com by Alex Pavlovich. Interestingly, the Giants, you know, they're they're making changes to how they're practicing, essentially. And one of the interesting things is that they have umpires brought in for bullpen sessions. And the idea is to add some intensity and more of a sense of competition and more, you know, to replicate actually what it's like out there on the mound. Instead of just practicing in a low stress environment, they want to get these guys in the mindset of throwing competitive pitches right away because these games get underway soon. So, I mean, there's real reason to to put the umpires out there and it just adds some competitive fire. And it actually, Alex Pavlovich made a great point. It's big for the catchers too, because they need to worry about framing. And when there's an umpire there behind them, they, they have to, there's added incentive to really focus on framing those pitches. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, another piece of news about that or related to that is that the Giants are doing hitting practice with a slider machine. And this is something that I've, the fact that in baseball, like before a game, you just go out there and throw batting practice with middle, middle fastballs coming in slow doesn't actually replicate what you're going to see in that night's game. And so it makes a lot more sense to practice with high velocity and with off-speed pitches and with breaking pitches. And so that's what they're doing. And by the way, I'll just point out that the umpires in the bullpen sessions and the slider machine were optional. They're not forcing this on the players if they don't feel comfortable with it, but apparently they've been really pleased with with the buy-in and that players are having fun with it and they want to use the slider machine and they want to have the umpires behind the catchers in the bullpen sessions. So I like that. I mean, the the Giants are saying that they're going to be more prepared than anybody else. They're going to outwork their opponents. And this is what it looks like. It looks like, you know, having better and more realistic practice. And they've talked about they're not going to have these long boring practices but more short and to the point and it's actually going to replicate you know game-like conditions and I just think that's a that's a good thing and we have to rethink the way that we practice because you know the way that baseball is practiced for a long time was just kind of a set way and nobody really deviated from that but I think there's probably strong evidence to suggest that it's better to practice 
in a way that replicates game action. So anyway, we'll discuss more of these topics in the second half of the show, including the Aubrey Huff news, which I think is pretty significant and major news. Today on the Fantasy Minute, brought to you by League Commission, we're talking about Kevin Gosman. Last season, Gosman entered the year kind of as an interesting starting pitcher for the Braves after he finished out the previous year very strongly with, with Atlanta. He left the Orioles, where it's a very much a difficult place to pitch in that division. American League East, probably one of the worst divisions for a pitcher. So he goes to the Braves. They make some adjustments with him, which he's been public about that you know the Orioles weren't doing anything analytical at all and he goes to the Braves and they present him with some interesting information about who he is as a pitcher that he didn't even know about and he thought was very valuable. He goes to the Braves, has tremendous success down the stretch in Atlanta. So he entered 2019 as a promising fantasy relevant player, but it all kind of fell apart for him and he really struggled in his stint with Atlanta in the beginning of 2019. He eventually found himself on the Cincinnati Reds, where he really regained his footing, especially out of the bullpen, where he became a dominant reliever. But I'm here to tell you that as a starting pitcher, which the Giants say they're going to use Gosman as a starting pitcher at Oracle Park, one of the most pitcher-friendly parks in baseball, Kevin Gosman is a fantasy-relevant player once again. Just like we talked about yesterday with Mike Yastrzemski, he's not someone you want to take in the early rounds or spend a bunch of money on in a draft, in an auction, I should say. But as a late-round flyer, or like a a low-cost auction player, I think Kevin Gosman is absolutely worth stashing in fantasy leagues. You know, he has the upside that we saw at his best in Atlanta, I think with the pitching infrastructure here in San Francisco and the data-driven staff that they have that's going to give him the best tools to succeed, we could see the very best of Kevin Gosman in 2020. And that's your Fantasy Minute, brought to you by League Commish for Tuesday, February 18th. What are you doing for the game? A universal question. Whether the casual follower, the tweets everything, the beginner, the diehard, the stat nerd, the smack talker, the appetizer guy, the couldn't care less or the makes everything into a competition person, we all have our place in the sports world. The same personalities apply to fantasy sports and League Commish exists to ensure your fantasy sports experience is the best one for you. We match managers to leagues as we lay the foundation for your new league. It's as easy as sign up with your preferences, get matched, and approve of that match before any commitment on your end. Sign up with League Commish by February 29th and receive 15% off by entering in the code locked on in the referred by section of the sign up form. The first 25 people to sign up using our code receive their first match free. What are you doing for the game? Find your next fantasy sports league at leaguecommish.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, here in the second half of the show, just going to continue to run through some of these stories coming out of spring training. So I want to talk about Billy Hamilton, but first I think let's talk about Aubrey Huff. So the big news coming out yesterday is that 
the Giants like officially announced that Huff was not going to be invited to the 2010 World Series reunion celebration. Giants said in a statement emailed to The Athletic because they asked about Huff being invited to the reunion. And they said, quote, earlier this month, we reached out to Aubrey Huff to let him know that he will not be included in the upcoming 2010 World Series championship reunion. Aubrey has made multiple comments on social media that are unacceptable and run counter to the values of our organization. While we appreciate the many contributions that Aubrey made to the 2010 championship season, we stand by our decision. Okay, so then The Athletic contacted Huff by phone on Monday afternoon. So they asked for his response, and he said, quote, Quite frankly, shocked, disappointed. If it wasn't for me, they wouldn't be having a reunion. But if they want to stick with their politically correct progressive BS, that's fine. He doesn't actually say BS. So just to give you a sense of what the Giants are referring to, and Alex Pavlovich clarifies that there were two kind of tweets that that made the Giants make this decision. And those are the ones, I honestly, those are the two. He's said a lot of craziness on social media, but he got a little bit out of control um, this offseason with these two tweets. The first one, he's at a shooting range. There's a picture with him and his sons with one of the targets with a bunch of bullet holes in it. And he says, getting his boys trained up on how to use a gun in the unlikely event that Bernie Sanders beats Donald Trump in 2020, in which case knowing how to effectively use a gun under socialism will be a must. By the way, most of the headshots were theirs. Then he like tags the NRA and some other people. And then the second one, and this is like a little bit explicit, so you may want to turn this off if you have young children in the car or whatever. But in January, Huff posted about Iranian women writing, let's get a flight over and kidnap about 10 each. We can bring them back here as they fan us and feed us grapes, amongst other things, dot, dot, dot. So he completely crossed the line with these tweets. And he talks about it being politically correct. And and the fact is, this has nothing to do with politics. This is just pure garbage, you know, coming out of his mouth and Twitter account. He's allowed to say whatever he wants. You know, it's his right as an American. But at the same time, the Giants don't have to stand for this nonsense. And, and they won't, and they didn't. And quite frankly, good for them. I mean, again, it has nothing to do with politics. That is not a political statement whatsoever. He's talking about kidnapping women and enslaving them. So, you know, sorry, Aubrey, but you're just not invited to the reunion. And it's true that they owe him a lot from a baseball perspective. He was a huge, huge part of that 2010 team. But that doesn't mean they have to invite him back for the ceremony. But what it does mean, in my opinion, you can't, if you're the Giants, if there's a player like this who's known to be like this, uh, you can't have them play for you because you can't just act all high and mighty after the fact. So now the Giants really have to not bring in players who behave like this. And again, not a political thing. It's more of a of a just behavior issue. Like, no matter where, what way you lean politically, if you're writing stuff like this, uh, you kind of disqualify yourself from playing for the Giants. And that that needs to be their stance now because, again, you can't just benefit from the player and kind of turn a blind eye when they're behaving behaving like this and then after the fact, shun them and keep them out of your ceremonies. So this sets a precedent that the Giants have to be firm 
with this type of behavior moving forward, as they should be, as every team should be. I mean, it has nothing to do with politics. It has more. It has everything to do with these statements just being unacceptable and just not something the Giants want to be associated with. And I can you blame them? It's so easy to say. Of course, you don't blame the Giants for for feeling that way. Okay, so the last thing I want to talk about is Billy Hamilton. So if you look at all the Giants players in camp, all their non-roster invitees, all their minor leaguers slash guys who kind of stepped up last year competing for playing time, there's just so much competition on this team. And even Evan Longoria, he said he loves it, that there's competition and even the veterans are being pushed right now in that they have to earn their playing time and their spot on the roster even. And so Longoria likes that. I like that. I don't think it hurts anybody to have, you know, the players not just rest on their laurels, which is what we saw a lot of in the last multiple seasons before Farhan Zaidi showed up. But I think more and more now guys are being pushed. And so it's really hard if you try to map out what is the roster going to look like. It's next to impossible to give a fairly accurate guess. I mean, there's just so many moving parts and it's hard to know. But to me, I like Billy Hamilton on this roster, and there are a couple of stories, you know, because Gabe Kapler singled him out in sessions with the media, talking about how much of an impact he can make on the bases and in the outfield. And so I agree with that. I think he's just an intriguing piece, especially with the 26th roster spot. And so it's good to see. I just wanted to report from my perspective. It's it's cool to see that the fact that he's being singled out makes it more likely to me that he has a good chance to make the roster. And so, I mean, this guy has never hit, yet he's been a quality player. And so if they can help him hit a little bit better, then he could be even an even better player. But the point is, he actually is a quality player, despite not hitting because of how much of an impact he's made on the bases and in the outfield. And if the Giants thought, if fans thought Kevin Pillar was a great defensive outfielder, then they're going to be amazed by Billy Hamilton, who's significantly better at this point. I mean, Pilar a few years ago was on the same level perhaps as Hamilton, but you know, it has been a very long time since the Giants had elite defense in center, and that's kind of what Hamilton brings to the table. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Remember to get this show every weekday. You need to hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. You can follow me on Twitter at Ben Kaspik. If you like this show, please consider rating it, leaving a review, and telling your friends and family to check us out. I cannot wait to be with you again tomorrow, and until then, we'll see you next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.